It's time to delve in a delicious cup of coffee. Hi. Hi. You're just in time for coffee. Somebody get me some coffee. Want another cup of coffee? Good to the last drop. Don't forget your coffee. And bite into some tasty conspiracies. This is Coffee and Conspiracies. Welcome to Coffee and Conspiracies, where a couple of clueless college kids review fresh brews and debate conspiracy views. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Riley, and I'm joined today by your other host. Hi guys, this is Logan, what's going on? Uh, Logan, would you like to introduce our guest? I would love to introduce our guest. So I, I said this as he was walking down the hallway, and Derek told me I should know because it's going to inflate his ego regardless, and I'm, I don't really care about that. Uh, we are in, uh, joined today by the man, the myth, the legend himself, President Dr. Thomas Mitzel of Kentucky Wesleyan College. How are you doing today, sir? Well, the man, the myth, uh, luckily you've never talked to my family. That <laughs> rhetoric would be would be shifted considerably. I, I'm, a little, I'm a little person on the totem pole in our family, uh, so, you, uh, but you. I am humbled to be here. Thank you very much for inv- inviting me, and I looked, this is great. This is a lot of fun. The coffee, by the way, I know we're not supposed to get there quite yet, but you invited me on is excellent. Really? I'm not going to talk about the title. We, we, we'll we, will, we will get there when we yes, get there, but yes. thank you for the compliment. <laughs> Uh, yeah, today we are joined by the president of Kentucky Wesleyan College, um, and uh, we we gave a couple of interesting topic propositions, uh, and I think the I think I'm most excited about the one that got chosen. Yes, honestly, me too. Because when I saw the email response and I shared it with Riley, I was genuinely, and I even brought that up to you when we um, when I you saw did. you, I think yesterday, I was like, I'm genuinely shocked that you picked this one. He goes, Well, we can talk about whatever. I was like, That's I'm like, that's not the point because I'm just <laughs> I'm intrigued because of your background. Oh, uh, which actually, would you like to share what your background is? Yes, I went to my undergraduate institution and I got a bachelor's of science in chemistry. I went to Boston. I graduated from Boston College with a PhD in organic chemistry, did a postdoc at Ohio State, which is similar to when people do a a sort of medical residency. And there I did aqueous transformations of organic reactions, which is generally considered a no-no. You you, uh, tend to blow things up, but we were were able to find a way around (laughs) and it was a very lucrative and fun time. So I've uh, I've got a, a large science background. I read a lot. I read just about anything I can get uh, get a hold of, and I, I uh, probably so average average two to three books a week. Uh, I know Theodore Ooh. Roosevelt used to read a book a day at minimum, and I'm, I'm not there, but I do love reading. I think we should read just about anything we can. So the topics you posed I thought were extremely interesting, and I, I picked which the is one why, that I sent. Wait, because of his background, which is why I'm very interested in this topic today, Riley, would you like to present our topic for today? Uh, I would love to present our topic today, but first, I have a really important question that has nothing to do with the podcast. <laughs> what is your favorite book you've ever read? If you, oh, if you had to pick one. Question. So now now I'm, I'm, I'm going to upset people a great deal. I um, am a huge, huge Stephen King fan, and when I was 11, I sneaked into my sister's room. She's If she's listening, she's finding this out for the first time. <laughs> And there was a book by Stephen King, a series of, of short stories, Graveyard Shift, or Night Shift. The story inside is, is called Graveyard, Graveyard oh, Shift. And that yeah. book scared me to death. And I have been a Stephen King fan ever since. I have collected every one of his books in first edition hardcover. Wow, so I had that is dedication. And that was a labor of love. I scoured old bookstores. I didn't just go out and buy the new books. I scoured old bookstores to see what I could find. And uh, it was, it was a, a great and tremendous thing. But um, I am now reading 12 Steps to a Better Life. I uh, just finished reading a book on evolution of humans and uh, going all the way back to how we basically relate to just about every other animal on earth so closely and, and so much fun. So I, I try to read a great diversity of topics and I, I have fun with it. Yeah, so today we are, um, of course, drinking a wonderful coffee. 
Um, it is from the Kalamazoo Coffee Company. Uh, it is a maple walnut flavored, uh, moonlight maple walnut flavored coffee. It's the first like flavored bean coffee that I've had. Um, it was very interesting grinding it up. I have to clean my grinder because the beans were like glazed <laughs> like and like a little like sticky. Which, I mean, I'm assuming it's just the flavor. That would be the but, flavoring. Yeah. Um, it was a first for me, and at first I was like, oh, no, is this ruined? Um, and I, I looked a little bit closer. I was like, okay, no, this is, this is how it's meant to be. Um, but it was very interesting um, to brew. Uh, just, like, first couple sips notes. What do you think of the coffee? I enjoy it. I generally drink my coffee black. I don't like to put anything in it, uh, but the flavoring that you have in, in this coffee is really good. It has just a little bit of hint of a flavor of it as it goes down, but you don't lose that bitterness uh, that I like with the black coffee. So I, I would rate it very high. Awesome. I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm with Dr. Mitzel. Uh, I'm, I am less keen on the bitterness, but that's just cause like I, I don't like bitter tasting foods. Cause I feel like I'm eating like ash whenever I like, you know, <laughs> eating bitter things. I'm like, I, that's, that's not healthy for your body, but I will agree with Dr. Mitzel. Like when it goes down, you don't really like lose any of the flavor notes. Like they're all fairly consistent yes. as like you take your sips or your uh, drinks and this is, I won't rate it like super duper high. Probably not like the past couple of coffees we've done, but this is this is not bad. I, I like this a lot. Yeah, I think to sum up my thoughts really quick, it smells and like has that amazing. hint of taste uh, like my mom's pancakes on mm-hmm. a Sunday morning back when I was a kid. Like that's it's, where the smell took me right back to. Well, and the smell coming from the cup is, is more overpowering than when, when you actually consume it, which is not a bad thing. Oh, yeah. So you, you don't want the flavor to over, overpower as you're trying to swallow. 100%, that can, 100% agree. That, that's too much sometimes. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And I, I agree with Riley, too, about the whole, like, you know, nostalgia, like, factor with the smell. Like, you it just, I instantly smelled it. I went, oh, I'm, like, here or here. And it was just, it was amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the coffee we're drinking. But today's topic is a fun one. Um, the topic we're going to talk about is, like, I don't know where to place it between hypothetical and conspiracy. It's sort of in that weird range of, like, I guess it could be considered either. I would say this is a unique topic for what I would consider a unique guest, someone that we wouldn't normally like think to like reach out to. Be like, you know what? what may, and this is why I love Doctor Mitzel so much because he's willing to do things like this. It's just to hang out with students for like an hour or so. Like, <laughs> just, he's a very unique individual and unique president. He's probably one of the greatest leaders I've ever come across. And so I think it's a very unique topic as for like the kind of genre we're going with. You, you need to a, broaden your knowledge of leaders, but thank you very much for that. Well, no, I, I, <laughs> and, and we are here for the students. And, th- and this is really the most favorite part of my entire job is being able to sit and talk to students and, and have these conversations. This I, is higher education at its best. I oh, yeah. 100%, 100%. agree. 100% um, agree. So our topic today. Uh, as we present them, is as if it were a fact. And that topic is ghosts are real. Uh, we're going to be talking about ghosts, whether we believe ghosts are real, what evidence is out there for ghosts, and just the general discussion of ghosts and spirits. Um, maybe the afterlife, maybe, you know, maybe like depictions in media. Very, we go literally anywhere with this topic, and I'm very excited to see where we are going to go. It's All right. It's a very, it's a very big topic. There's a lot on it. I, I was like, you know, I'm going to do a little research, see if I can find some cool, like conversation starters or cool things to ask about during this. And I was like, oh, there's a lot. I do. Uh, ha- I do have a question to ask Dr. Mitzel, however. So the reason I have you, sh- I had you share your background earlier is because I just, as an organic chemist, what scientific evidence could you possibly provide to either prove the existence or disprove the existence of ghosts? There's never really a way to disprove, right? It, it, okay. It's the argument that if I tell you there is a white crow, you tell me no, and I tell you to disprove that. How can you? It, somewhere that you may not have 
seen, there may be a white crow hiding. So you can never disprove a theory, but we can get into what people believe are the proofs or, or what are the reasons why people believe there are ghosts, okay. which I think is, is even more exciting. I also agree that it's, it's always, because I've run across people that are like, oh yeah, spirits are definitely real. And I'm just kind of like, because I've been asked that question before. I've been asked sure. like, do you believe in ghosts? And I'm like, my personal opinion is I don't, there's always a chance. And that, that's kind of how I go about with everything. There's always a chance that it is true. But this is one of those things that like I'm, this is where I'm going to like invoke my seeing is believing ideal, which is I need to see like hard evidence of a ghost in order to believe that ghosts actually exist. Because that can mean the entire uh, idea of anything paranormal exists. That just makes my life a whole lot crazy. Well, but then that, that hits to our religious bases too, right? right. If we believe that uh, Jesus rose from the dead, if we believe that there's a heaven, if we believe that there's a hell, if we believe all these things, then by virtue of that, you've got to believe in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And by virtue of that, you have to believe somehow in a ghost, correct? correct? So it gets to be a bit of a convoluted and scary conversation because if you say you believe in your religion very solidly, but then you say you don't believe in any kind of ghosts, what does that say about your religion and, and your thought process? And I don't want to get too far into that. No, but, which but, is which is fair because like that could that could be a very tricky conversation to navigate. And I mean, I'm not saying that we're terrible converse, conversationalists because we're all pretty great at it, but <laughs> we, one of us could really like trip up and say something and be like, mm, maybe this is not the direction. But I guess I only bring it up for the fact that it, it as humans, we compartmentalize very well mm-hmm. on different things. And 45% of the United States has stated that they have, that they believe in ghosts. 20% have said they've seen a ghost. Now, if you ask for the evidence, it's where it gets really iffy. Right. There, there has been no hard evidence for ghosts in the afterlife. There is anecdotal evidence. There are many shows. There are, I looked it up, there are 38 active shows right now on some type of ghost hunting that, are wow. out, that is on TV. So you can sit up pretty much any time of the day and watch some type of ghost hunting and, and looking at, at what, what is what they perceive to be as the evidence, which is a lot of fun. Just, just. Oh yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I, I, I find myself very frequently. I, I love to watch shows like that. Um, whether it, whether it's like the ones that are, are more legitimate of people like recording themselves, looking for evidence or like drama shows, like supernatural. Supernatural is one, one of my favorites. One of my favorites. I've watched it straight through. I'm times. still only on season three. I, I'm in really? like season three. Yeah, I'm, the on first first, time I've I'm on my first time. I'm on my first watch there too. All right. Well, you're in a good season. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm waiting for Castiel. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting back, for Castiel. I'm back on season four. And that's I've, I've gone through all 15 twice. Oh Isn't there 16 seasons? 15. 15? Yes. Yeah. 15? Okay. Sure and and for me now, it's great because I put it on in the background if I'm doing something else. If I'm, doing, if I, if I'm trying to write a paper, if I'm trying to do other things, I put Supernatural on in the background. And then when it gets really good, I just stop and watch it. But <laughs> I've seen it often <laughs> enough that I can sort of let it flow over me. And and not worry about missing too much. That reminds oh, yeah, me. I do that with Psych. Yeah, I'm, there's a. I see Psych is a great show. To do that. Uh, my cousin told me that in order to be truly a, considered a fan of the It Man movies on Netflix, right, you have to be able to sit there, not watch it with your eyes, but hear what's going on and know exactly what is happening. Well, that's with any show, right? If you're a I mean, true yeah. fan. Yeah. Well, see, that's another. Uh, that brings up an idea of like uh, a friend of mine told me his philosophy about like the, uh, the idea of hating something is in order to truly hate something, you must know it in its entirety. Yes. Especially when it comes to like music and like a song specifically, you must know every single lyric in order to be able to truly hate something. That's a really weird tangent. Well, hopefully, yeah. we never truly hate anything. That's, no, that's, that's a bad place to be. That's obviously a sad, you know, yeah. sad area. It definitely is. 100%. So, to hop back to the topic, most certainly, uh, we've, we've danced around it. I know Logan's given his thoughts. Do you believe in ghosts? Just, just bluntly, you can answer it as broadly as you'd like. 
Bluntly, no. I'm I'm much like Logan. If it, if one showed up tomorrow, and I saw it or I saw proof for it, I could change my mind. But oh, I've seen 100%. no evidence at all. And one of the best theories I've heard about why people believe in ghosts is part of our our mind makeup and part of our evolution. And and the story they tell, you know, close your eyes. And envision yourself, you're, you've, you've gone to Nashville and you're having a great time. You've, you've hit all the different clubs. Obviously, you're, you're not drinking because you don't do that. But you're dancing, you're line dancing, you're having a lot of fun. You're going back to your hotel and you get lost. So now you're walking down this alley and, and you're hearing some sirens and you're hearing some noises. And suddenly, you hear footsteps coming up behind you. And your heart races, you sweat, the hair stands up on the back of your, or your nape and you flip around ready to do whatever myself. I'm probably going to collapse in a heap of fright. <laughs> Me too. And you see jump. an alley cat, but oh. in your mind, in your mind, what you probably saw was a, a, another human being, six foot eight scarred mm-hmm. muscular, carrying some type of weapon coming after you. Our mind is, is, is what they, they, they call hyper cognitive mm-hmm. and they believe it's evolutionary. So you go out to one more story on this is that if you were living long enough ago and you're on the Savannah and you are carrying your spear, you're all hunting, you're chasing down an elk because you can, humans, we know have long distance gravity. We, we run down animals that that's how we survive. We can't outrun them speed wise, but we endurance wise, we could run them down almost like a pack of wolves, although we're not quite that good. So you're out in the Savannah, you're chasing this elk. And suddenly this lion comes up out of the tall grass and begins to leap at you. If you have a hyperactive cognitive mind, what you do is you bring up that spear and you swing around. So this is the fight or flight response. And then you find out it was just waves of wind in the grass. So your buddies make fun of you all day, <laughs> right? You, you, this, the, the wind came up, the grass moved, you swung around like it was a, with your spear ready to do battle to the death and it was nothing. Mm-hmm. So you're the butt of the joke all day. Oh yeah. But you're alive. But you're alive. Now, if Thanks, you have a scientific buddy. mind and you're in that same position and you're going, you're hunting that elk and you're on the, and, and suddenly you see this movement out of the side of your eye and, and you scientifically, you say, well, could that be the wind? Is that a predator? Could it be another elk? And by the time you figure that out, you could be dead. You've yeah. been eaten by the lion. You so, could have been eaten. yeah. <laughs> humans, as part of our social construct, as part of our, our evolution, have this hypercognitive mind, which means that we can create these, vi- these visions in our mind that aren't there. Right? So, another, another story is uh, you're four years old, you have an imaginary friend. So your mom has said that you cannot have anything before dinner. And you walk into the kitchen, there's a cookie jar. You're four years old. You're hungry. That's chocolate chip. Got a little Heck maple yeah. icing on it, kind of like coffee. Mm. That's the best one. I was like, that's what I'm saying. So like. you're, you're going up to steal that. And your imaginary friend says, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Your mom's going to come. Yeah, no, dude, I'm hungry. You're imaginary. You don't even eat. I'm hungry. <laughs> and, and so you go to take that cookie and your imaginary friend says, really, really, your mom's coming. I wouldn't do that at all. I don't do it. And so you finally relent. You turn around. Your mom walks in. So now that imaginary friend has just told you something that came true. And when you talk to your buddies the next day, you tell them that this imaginary friend told you something that came true. Suddenly they're all listening to this imaginary friend. And that's part of the human mind. 
Now, that person's not there. That person does not exist. But the entire neighborhood of kids is listening to them. So is that a ghost? Okay, I have like three different uh. cross sections of information that I'm trying to intersect with <laughs> all of with all of that because as he's sitting there explaining everything, I was like, well, this could apply to that and that and well, maybe that. So like the first one that I thought of was like the whole imaginary friend thing, mm-hmm. right? You explained that like you said, oh, this imaginary friend told me. So the first question would be, or the first thing I would posit would be like, maybe ghosts and spirits are just quite literally figments of our imagination, but they are real because we make them real. Correct. That's okay. a hyperactive sure. cognitive. Right. The second thing that made me think of that I thought of was our first topic with the whole DNA thing, the hive mind like <laughs> aspect we talked about. That's what that reminds me of is like, yes, these ghosts exist as a figment of our imagination, but is that just merely an extent or our ex our explanation or extension of how these parasites work as a hive mind? Right. And then the, I think the other thing that I thought of, I, mm, oh, the senses, because what you were talking about with like mm-hmm. hearing or seeing something that mm-hmm. wasn't actually there. So that happened to me a while ago. I was hanging out with some friends at their house and uh, one of the bathrooms was being used. So I had to go use another one. Well, the house is like, it's built well enough, but the foundation's a little rocky. So I'm sitting there and I'm washing my hands after I get done using the bathroom and I just start hearing the door next to me going, knock, like, like being pulled on. And I thought someone was trying to get in. I was like, oh, hey, I'm in here. Like, I'll be out in like a minute. So I'm washing my hands. And it just keeps happening, like sporadically. Like there's no pattern to it. And I'm just like, other than the fact that it's like, it's like knock, knock, knock. And I'm like, finally, I yell. I'm like, I'm like, slow your roll. I'm about to walk out. And then I open the door, and there's nobody standing there. And I went, oh dear God, did I just like yell at a spirit? And so I shut the door, and I'm standing there in my friend's room watching the door. Like I don't see anything happen past that. I don't hear it ever. Sure. I don't hear it again. But I was like. Is, is this something trying to punk me? Like, is this someone trying to mess with me? Like, it was, it was, it freaked me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. And then there again, that's your mind being very active, right? Right. So, so is it true? You don't have proof that it's true, but in your mind, you've created this entire scenario. Exactly. And, well, and you probably even thought, if I'm being haunted, who is it? Right. And then that, that led to another uh, thing, the conclusion I made, which is do people who have, um, who are missing senses, like your, your sight, your hearing, Dude, are they able to experience more supernatural phenomena because they are experiencing a different point of view than what we are? Well, I mean, are any of us really experiencing supernatural phenomena? So are they heightening other areas of their sense, right? So uh, a person who's born without eyesight, how do they visualize? And and, and that goes off into an entirely other set of of, of directives and and studies. Uh, But we know that that people who, who have no eyesight even from birth or, or shortly after birth, they, that they do have very vivid dreams. So mm-hmm. our mind is extremely powerful extremely. And, and, and just amazing at, and into what it can create. So that, that's the fun part. But Albert Einstein at one point said, if there are ghosts, we should be able to figure out if, if they actually exist. And he actually posited, I don't know if he thought it was true himself. I think he was just somebody positing a question, but he said, that there's a very good chance that they could be true. Because if you look at the universe, one of, of, of the rules of the universe is that energy cannot be created or destroyed. Right. It can only change forms. So if energy cannot be created or destroyed, when we go, what happens to that energy? Yeah. yeah and we have, an, we have entire, like, religions that are very popular amongst the world that try to, like, I feel like try to argue the point of what happens to that energy. I would say, yeah. I would agree. Like a lot of not necessarily, like, I want to say like they're energy based. That not that's not like the right verbiage or term for what I'm trying to describe. But I think you guys understand what I'm trying to say, though. Like 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 Buddhism, like reincarnation, or that's Hinduism. Or but the whole point is like it's all like energy, it's all energy or levels based. of so, existence, or levels of existence. I guess right. that's be another way to put it. 
And yeah, it's it's a fascinating topic to think about. And like, uh, I, I mean, I'm studying psychology. Mm-hmm. I'm about to graduate with a bachelor's in psychology. And this stuff still, it bewilders me to learn about the mind. And it's what got me like into this major to begin with is how fascinated I was. And actually that what, what you had posed about how the mind can create things mm-hmm. to make explanations for that it doesn't have. It, that was one of the primary things that got me into the field of psychology. It's what changed me from going into business because I thought I could get a good job with it to studying something that I actually love. And I mean, I think we've talked about it every episode we've done on the podcast, some sort of like psychological phenomenon that like has a piece in, 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 in whatever we're talking about. Um, and I think like most of the time, if you boil it down, it really is just trying to explain something that you don't have all the information for or you don't quite understand. Well, our minds do not like confusion. And if you are reading, they've done this before, if, if the words are misspelled in certain patterns. Your brain will automatically correct you, them. You, you read them perfectly mm-hmm. fine. And, and there's a video, I uh, looked it up today just to make sure I, I had not, I, I saw it when I was first in college. I took a lot of psychology classes too, they're fun. And <laughs> it was, you were supposed to count the number of times. There, there were th- six people, three in white shirts, three in gray shirts, they're all passing a basketball. You were supposed to count the number of times that people in white passed the basketball. And so you're focusing very, very hard on that. And then at the end of the clip, they say, well, what do you think about the gorilla? And gorilla. 90% of people will not see the gorilla. And the gorilla, during that taping, during while they're passing the basketball, a gorilla walked through, person dressed in a gorilla right, suit, right, walked right, through, right. nobody saw it. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and that's watch it again, like <laughs> knowing that there's supposed to be a gorilla there, you're like, how did I miss? I yes. mean, because it's like yeah. this huge gorilla mascot suit that just walks through. Yeah, see, but, that, but that's, that's omitting. That's omitting. Uh, it, it, but our minds do the same thing in adding. Mm-hmm. So you heard the door. Mm-hmm. Well, you could sit and go, well, why is that rattling? Well, maybe the foundation is settling. Maybe, the, But our minds don't work that way, especially if you're alone. Yeah. But it, 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 you, you start to conjure. And that's an evolutionary pattern, too. We need to question and we need at some point almost uh, to be somewhat paranoid as a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you need to be aware and safe. Right. And, and so that leads to trying to figure out questions to the unexplained. And then the reality, uh, none of us knows what Those happens after you die. We have over a thousand different religions. Most of them have an explanation for an afterlife. Very few of them actually align. And, mm-hmm. and we can be very strong in our faith, but we can't say for sure that we know. We've not seen it. I 100% agree because I, I have that same comment a lot. I'm like, I'll tell people like, yeah, no, I am. I, I feel like I am devout in my faith, but I still can't truly know and it's not for me to know it's not for me to figure out it's for me to experience that when that happens right and i mean i think that's why it's faith and not theory right exactly so but yeah like talking about how our our minds can create ghosts Mm -hmm. um something that comes to mind something i did a little bit of research in it's it's actually uh, i want to go there at some point even though the the stuff they do is um uh, they very much avoid, like, the ghost topic. I think they used to lean into it pretty heavily with, like, tours that they did, but they start to avoid it now because of the history of the place. But the Eastern State Penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Ha- have either of you heard of the Eastern State Penitentiary? No. I've not heard of that one, no. I, heard, is, I, was, I heard of the, uh, like, Windy Hollow Penitentiary. It's very yeah. frequently referred to as one of the more, like, haunted places mm-hmm. in the world. Which, okay. I mean, you'll hear everywhere that does ghost tours say that they're one of the most haunted, haunted places, places sure. in the world. Well, you have to get tourists in. Yeah, but this one... That's, that's, <laughs> that's capitalism at its finest. And this one has some historic, like, significance. So it's in, it's in Philadelphia. It was operating from 1829 to 1971. And 
one of the one of the big things that's noted, and this is one of the reasons that they really avoid like a lot of publicity for ghosts, and like most of their tours are historical, mm-hmm. um, is when it was in operation, the prisoners that were there were treated horribly, mm-hmm. uh-huh. like complete isolation from one another. They weren't allowed to speak, and they were they were treated very very horribly. And it's like reading up into it. I was reading into it. I was like, oh, we're gonna learn about the ghosts here. And I started reading the history, and I. I caught myself and like I read through a couple of articles and I was like this is like kind of heart-wrenching like that that people were treated this way but because of that like a lot of people consider it very haunted Mm -hmm. and people will go and do tours or do like ghost hunts and use all sorts of different devices to try to catch Mm -hmm. ghosts and they'll come out with pictures of shadows that they're like oh this is an apparition and stuff like that and um it brings up the question like a couple things like we were talking about a house settling I mean it's an old building sure and I feel like if you if you're in two different mindsets and you enter an old building, one of them you're just going in, hanging out, like hanging out with friends at some some random place. You hear a creaking noise or something that sounds like footsteps. Probably the first thing that comes to your mind is like, oh, it's an old building settling, or or you're just Possibly, your mind right? just glosses yeah. over it. But I feel like if you go into it thinking, oh, I'm looking for a ghost, or oh, this place is you're supposed to be haunted, one. you hear that exact same creak. And now instead of your mind just glossing over, are you being like, oh, that was weird? Or like, oh, the building's settling. I, I feel like it's it's priming your mind to go, oh, we just caught a spirit. Like, we just heard footsteps. That's exactly what that was. Sure. See, Ryan, that kind of goes back to the what we, the last time we recorded, we did the whole Paul is dead theory. You ever heard that uh, conspiracy theory before? No. Paul McCartney died in 1969 and the Beatles covered it up and he, the guy who's alive today is not actually <laughs> Paul McCartney. That's, that's a very, like, reduxed version of that whole sure, explanation. Sure. But Riley and I got into that topic of, like, the we because we... We were listening to some of the evidence people like to use to support that theory. And one of the ones we were like, we can see why people heard what they heard. Because at first you listen to it, it doesn't sound like anything. It just sounds like, you know, jarbled sound waves because it's being played in reverse. But if you read the phrase or say it out loud of what's supposed to be said, you could listen to it again. You can hear it. So the same, we did the same thing with the other record that was supposed to be played. And I heard it clear as day. Like I looked at Riley and I went, that... Like that, there's no mistaking what was just said there. <laughs> so, what was supposed to have been said? So, the first well, record, one of them was um, like "Dance with Me, Dead Man." No, no, no. So or, the the, no, fr- you... the first one was uh, "Turn Me On, Dead Man." Okay, because it was a D- it was a radio DJ in Detroit who discovered. Okay, or a fan told him and discovered this whole like conspiracy. Sure. And then the third, the, the other, uh, like the f- nail in the coffin, I guess you could call it, was um on the uh, track for Strawberry Fields Forever, Mm -hmm. played in reverse. Supposedly, John Lennon is the one that says, I buried Paul. It's not John Lennon. Like, I listen, I'm like, that's not John's voice. Like, I can't tell who that is. All you hear is someone saying, I buried Paul. Now, was that that recorded in the late 60s, 70s? Um, That track, that record? Probably. Yeah, if you go back, a lot of those songs, there was a huge time for probably 10 or 15 years where they talked about artists who would record so that if you played in reverse, that, 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 that there were satanic messages or messages to the records. And it was a whole whole thing. And, and it's, it's gone away now because you don't use records, right? Everybody yeah. has a thumb drive. Everything's digital. Or uh, it's on your phone. So it, I think it kind of took away that little era of, I remember as a kid, you, you would, would put it on there and you'd take the phonograph backward and see what you could hear. And it was, it was a hoot, right? You, yeah. It was so much fun. And then when you did think you heard something, you spent the next week and a half not being able to sleep at night because you don't know what actually happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. We'll see. This. Oh, you go first, Riley. So, yeah, I mean, but talking about priming, you know, you, you're you you're looking for something. I, I feel like looking for something, like we've been talking about with the mind, sets you up to, to hear it. Mm-hmm. You'll hear something, and it may not be dead on, but again, 
the omitting and adding information to yes. avoid confusion. Our, our, our mind you're is looking very powerful for something. to do that. It, it could be a bit farther off than what you're looking for, but it, it'll fit. And yeah. so, like, it brings me to the idea talking about ghosts. Like, let, let me let me paint you a picture here. All right. Okay? <laughs> you come on to a canvas. wonderful uh, Wesleyan College campus um, in Kentucky. Uh, it's your first year there. You're like a new student, and you're talking to some of the older students, and they're joking around, and they bring up this story of how, oh, way back in, in, in 1940s on the college campus, yeah. the elevator in the ad, in the administration building collapsed with a writer inside, and they died tragically. And now, at night, it only happens after 11 o'clock at night, but a ghost will walk the halls, and you'll right. feel chills, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean... Now you do three minutes of research and find out that none of that adds up to any of the history of the college. Like there's no way that it's true, but you don't. And then a couple days later, you and your friends are hanging out and you're like, Hey, you know, it'd be funny. Let's, let's go into the administration building at 11 o'clock at night and let's see, let's see what happens. And you go in there. Well, especially if you're in the basement. Oh, oh, it's dark. The witching hour in the basement. Bet. But yeah, no, you go in there, you're hanging out with your friends, you're joking around, you're looking for this. And suddenly one of them, for whatever reason, has chills. Whether, whether it's something completely unrelated yep. or you're just primed for it Dude, that's or you're uneasy feeling. and you have chills. And one and that person goes, oh, I just had chills. Yeah, that and, is the and, worst and really feeling in the world. It really just be their biological reaction to being in that situation. But you're all going to feel chills at oh, that yeah. point. It's, it's the and, worst yeah. feeling in the world. Well, how many just, of you will, will sit in front of a mirror and say Bloody Mary three times? Oh, no. Not happening. Right? I am too you, superstitious well, you know, for you that. You know that, that nothing happens, right? Oh, there, there's still... no evidence that anything happens. So do it. I know, but that scared me so much as a kid. Like, I don't think you just said, like, uh, like second grade. That was, like, the trend at the time. But how many of you will take a Ouija board, put Somewhere. it on a gravestone, and play? I, I might be more inclined to do that than Bloody Mary. I'm not sure, though, because yeah. that's, that's a valid point. Well, that kind of brings up, like, uh, the, the whole, like, you know, history of ghosts. Like, there's always, like, that, like, history of some sort of spirit in a mm-hmm. certain space. Like, we have a legend, you know, amongst uh, our friends. Uh, <laughs> we, we, have a, we have a ghost that lives on third floor. His name is Seamus. Well, one of our alumni, uh, Matt Hanks, he's the one who came up with the legend of Seamus. <laughs> it was just to mess with people. Sure. Like, it was just to mess with people. However, it's gotten to a point now where I sometimes actually think Seamus exists. <laughs> See, and, and the, the primary, well, well I'm going to put it in quotes because it's completely bonkers, but the primary, quote-unquote, evidence uh, for this ghost existing on the third floor of Deacon um, is that when you're going to the bathroom, usually as you're just about to, like, finish up and go wash your hands, one of the motion-detected paper towel dispensers we'll will dispense ah, paper Yes, towel. okay. Now, like Seamus is giving if, you a paper towel. Sure. I'm sure, sure so if he's you nice look into about this, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a great guy. He okay. can <laughs> be. He can be. He's, he's a little screwy because uh, Rick, or our friend Ricky has a story about his freshman year. He um, was sleeping uh, in the room with his roommate, and the printer that they had that they barely used, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't even plugged in, turned on. <laughs> and he sat up, went, not now, Seamus, and it turned off. And he went... <laughs> I'm not sleeping the rest of tonight. So like, and then I know, again, then going back to what I said earlier, people were like, oh yeah, I can feel the presence of spirits. Someone did that this semester. They walked up and went, I can feel spirits here. And I go, is Seamus actually real? Because, well, let me me ask you this. So energy cannot be created nor destroyed. Correct. Now the problem with a ghost, the problem with anything is entropy, Uh the lost sock theory. Everything moves toward disorder. But if everything moves toward disorder, how did life ever come to be? Because... We are extremely ordered. You, you just take a look at a single DNA strand of six feet in length, and you have these, this helical configuration of nitrogens, hydrogens, oxygens, phosphorus, all coming together. Right. That goes entirely against entropy. Does it violate the universal law of entropy? It does not. Because 
it takes energy to bring that together. For you to live, you're giving off energy. Mm-hmm. And and even though you're not falling apart at this point, you're you're giving off energy that is, that is dissipating <laughs> that is dissipating through through the universe. So think about this. You all sat around collectively, thought about Seamus, mm-hmm. thought about Seamus as a ghost, thought about this entity in on the third floor. Did you bring enough collective energy together to overcome the entropic force of the universe and bring that easy? You're not you're not overcoming entropy in the universe, but you, but you're overcoming in a, in a short area, very similar to how life is formed that, that you brought that energy, enough energy together to bring something forward. Could you have done that? I, I think it's plausible. I genuinely think it's plausible. I mean, I think that is a wonderful note to end on because I, I mean, that's, it's actualizing, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, we've, you create spirits by thinking about them. I think it's a great note to, to end on, on the topic of our ghosts real to jump back to the very beginning. Uh, of of the podcast, our coffee here, this maple walnut. Now that you've had it while we've been talking, mm-hmm. finished the cup or not, or, or had more than just a second. Yeah, I finished hey, mine. Mine's well. gone too. One out of ten rating. What would you give it? I give it an eight. An eight out of ten. Okay, That's which good. is very good. I I thought it was excellent. All right. Uh, I think I want to say five, but I want to give it a six because it's not bad. It's just I the, I think the bitterness is just a little too much for me. Okay. So I th- I think I give it a six, a solid six. I think I would give it an eight, and I think the only reason I'm not giving it a nine is because I'm going to have to clean my burr grinder. And I just don't do that. Um, the effort was not worth the taste. Uh, okay, uh, and then for the, for the conspiracy, our ghosts real. Let's end it off with with two things. One, after our conversation, though I'm pretty sure the answer is obvious. Uh, have you changed your mind? Do you still believe ghosts are real? And then rate. I guess it's not a conspiracy or a hypothetical. Rate rate the topic of ghosts on a one to ten as well. Are ghosts real? Now, I, I've never seen a ghost. Now, I will say that our energy dissipates. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we, we don't know what constitutes a soul. That's also very it's true. It's an energy force. Mm-hmm. Does that energy force dissipate? I don't believe in ghosts. Where does our energy go when our physical body dies? That's a very good question to ponder. And that I don't know. And that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out, not anytime soon, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, that's the next great adventure. Do we go to the quintessential uh, description of heaven. Do we go to a higher plane? Mm-hmm. Does our energy dissipate? Do we go back into the ground? I don't know. So, and is that cause, is that called a ghost? So do I believe in the type of ghosts that people are putting out on the media? No. Do I know what happens after we die? No. I know our energy has to remain somehow, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Does it dissipate or is there enough energy to keep some part of our sentient being together that I don't know? So, and how do I rate it? I watch Halloween, I still get scared. I watch The Exorcist, I still don't sleep. So I still rate Ghosts at 10. But it, it, is, it is a wonderful topic. Oh, it's amazing. I would agree 100%. I think those are really good you points. You put it at 10? Yeah, I, of course. You, you, there's so much. Like with anything that we talk about, there's just so much that you could like feasibly talk about when it comes to the idea of ghosts. Like the one thing that I want to talk about that we unfortunately didn't get to, but that's okay, is like the idea of EMF. Right. Oh, definitely. The electronic right. magnetic uh, frequencies. Well, that, that was Edison's argument as, as to how to determine if there are ghosts because they should be giving off energy. Right. So that like EMF is like super cool to me because that's like, I think that's like the one thing that could prove to me like a ghost existing without actual like visual proof. Yeah. But, but it could be background me. energy. But that, yeah, but it could be but literally that's anything. The thing. We so. don't know any of this yet. Exactly. I mean, yeah. And, and it'll probably be an exceptionally long time until we do. Oh, I, that's, I've that's also, the hope. I would rate it 10 out of 10. I could talk about ghosts and the philosophy of ghosts and the you psychology bet. of why we see ghosts or if they're real. For, I mean, I could talk about it for hours. Oh, ghosts, yeah. ghosts go back to the earliest forms of human communication. We have always thought about them as a, as a species. We've always thought about their being there, uh, and it's not going away. 
No, it's not. And and part of it is because we don't know what, what is beyond. So there's hope and there's fear and there's curiosity. And all of those are good for us. Uh, and if we keep them in context. So let's keep the ghost talk going forward and well. Works of for course, me. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for joining us for Coffee and Conspiracies. It was wonderful <laughs> to have you as a guest, and this was a great topic to talk about. If 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 I had known for if someone had told me like four years ago, even like, hey, you know, in a couple of years, you're going to be talking to the president of the college that you're attending about ghosts <laughs> and drinking a coffee that reminds you of maple syrup. Like, I, I would not have believed it. But uh, it's, thank it's you for been my us. pleasure. I think, yeah, I agree 100%. This has been a wonderful experience. I love doing this show, and I love the awesome guests that we get to bring on because we get just to pick so many different brains about ideas, and mm-hmm. it's just, this is probably one of my favorite pastimes now. And thank you so much, Dr. Metz. My pleasure. Uh, all right, we also want to go ahead and thank the radio station, WKWC 90.3, for letting us use their studio and post up on their platform. It is a great radio, and if you're in the car driving around looking for a listen, just tune in. I believe you can also tune in. There's on, so like I say this on my so show ways. every week, every week. And I, when I have Dr. Mitzel on the show next, you'll see me do this. But what I'm saying is, is that either is, is literally impossible to not be able to listen to our radio. Like you have to not be connected to technology in order to not listen to our radio station. Yeah, there's plenty of ways it to do it. You can find that. it. Just look it up. Yeah. Um, if you have any ideas for a coffee or conspiracy for us to try out or talk about, feel free to send it at the uh, radio email. email uh, Panther radio at kwc.edu. Uh, also, if you are around the area for Kentucky Wesleyan College, there's an organization on campus uh, that me and Logan are members of that is doing a No Shave November philanthropy, like fundraising event for all of November. The proceeds go to the Judy Fund, which is a branch of the Alzheimer's Association to uh, help fund research. So please come out and donate just a little bit of money. It'll help out a, a wonderful cause. We also I'm, I am help, helping to match you with are, what is raised. I, I so, believe 500, uh, I believe is what yes, you Yes, so yes. The, more, the more that you collect, the, the more I match. And the more wacky incentives we do, well, you can't see me right now, but I have a colorful drawn-on beard on my face right now because that was our $75 incentive was to do drawn-on beards. And I dyed my beard gray just for today. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, and today. Dr. Mitzel's on board, so that's all we got to <laughs> worry about. Uh, and just to remember the most important part of this podcast and the part that you should never forget, wake up, Neo. This is a simulation. Follow my rabbit.